mentioned this many times before, I'm sure, but uh, before I went, entered the seminary, I worked for a couple of uh, fire seasons for the U.S. Forest Service as a, on a hand crew as a firefighter. And one of the phrases that I learned out there was, um, this is in Northern California, hurry up and wait. It's kind of an army phrase to, uh, like a lot of the work that you do is getting ready for something that you're looking forward to, uh, whether it's a new assignment or uh, the beginning of the fire season or your first theoretical fire, whenever that happens. Um, you're hurrying, you're hurrying, you're hurrying, and then you're kind of done, and then you're just waiting. Um, there's always something you can do to be ready, to be prepared. You can sharpen your tools, you can uh, take care of the truck, you can physically exercise, um, to be ready and prepared at all times and vigilant, but it's very challenging. Um, I remember several times getting an assignment, there's a big fire in uh, Idaho or Utah or something like that, and we're, we drove all the way from California, it's like seven, eight hours, sometimes more, driving with our uh, gear and everything, and we finally get there and it's so exciting, and then you're like waiting at command, and they're like, oh, what are you, crew seven? Um, yeah, well, why don't you just sit here and we'll figure out something for you to do. And you're like, come on, I thought this was an emergency. Um, and I think that it's the same kind of feeling I had in college where uh, it was challenging to stay. You know, you guys are about to enter into finals week. I hated that because it was like the time I had to actually catch up and, because all semester I'd been sort of complacent, like, oh, finals is a ways away or I don't have to write that paper for another five weeks. And you just put it off and then you have this period of frenzied cramming followed by the anticlimax of break you know you finally finish your test you finish your exams and then you're, you're like back into this waiting lethargy um, I think I was a little better in seminary but uh, it's still I, I struggle with this this feeling like and it's kind of like what I was talking about last week with the ultimate end your ultimate goal knowing what you desire we get caught up with short-term ends you know, it's very easy for us to focus on what's the next thing I have to do. That if I don't do it, I'll be humiliated. Or if I do succeed, I'll have this, this very palpable victory. Like I'll have passed that exam or, or gotten an A. Um, but how do we stay vigilant? Like this Advent season is almost like a, a reliving of the whole Old Testament experience of this waiting. And even now, the age of the church, St. Peter is talking about the same thing Christians uh, experience as the ancient Israelites did. To God, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. Like his, his perspective on the whole thing, God's perspective, is the eternal now. But we are caught in this time, this, this matrix of change and becoming. And We sometimes feel enthusiastic and sometimes feel lethargic. And sometimes we can get up and, and really get after a goal, and sometimes it's like hard to see uh, how that's really immediately urgent. And so we kind of fall back into complacency. But how do we do this where we, we constantly are vigilant? And the gospel, certainly Jesus is, is always talking about, be ready for the master's return. You do not know the day or the hour. You know, be the prudent virgins that have oil in their lamps. Uh, be the, the faithful stewards who the master finds working on his coming. You know, um, a friend of mine used to say, is that what you want to be doing when Jesus comes back? You know, if you're like making fun of him or doing something mean. It's like, yeah, do you, how do you always be ready um, one thing that I think to my mind helps is that it's, it's less like packing for a trip, like where you're, you got to make sure you have everything in order and all your stuff ready to go somewhere. You know, like I, I hate packing for that reason, like make a list so that I don't forget anything. 
Like, that kind of readiness is, is really challenging because it's like, I need to have all my stuff. Are we, are we just like packing up our, our bags full of good work so that when we, get, when we finally get called to like get on the boat and go to heaven, like we have all our stuff with us? That's not really it. It's more like cleaning up your house because a guest is coming over. It's more like hospitality to receive warmly um, someone who's coming to you. You're not going to them. And that's really what Advent is, the, the coming of Christ, that you have to make straight his path. In other words, not like build anything new. It's just clear away obstacles. Of course, even that metaphor limps because Christ himself has to come to clean up our obstacles. Like we, we're so compromised because of sin that it has to even be grace for us to let him in, to have the gift of faith. The gift of repentance itself is, is a gift. Um, but nevertheless, we do need to cooperate with it. And, and there are things always that you can be doing. There's always tools to be sharpened. There's always training to be done. There's always something you can do. You don't have to just sit and wait like a thousand years for Christ to come. Like he, you don't know when he's going to come, but you can do something now to be ready. And often it's much simpler than we think it is. I, I think of um, this guy, Mr. Riley, who's in my first parish. Uh, he was a World War II veteran, old, had lived a long and full life, married for uh, many decades, and then widowed. It's lots of kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. And he would come to daily Mass every single day and sat in the same exact pew up front with his daughter. And on days that he couldn't come as he was getting older and didn't want to slip on ice during the winter months, she would come and bring a pix and bring the Eucharist to him. He made a communion every single day for years. Um, ever since his wife died, actually, he, he became a daily communicant. And he knew he was done with his life. He wasn't accumulating any more stuff. He wasn't packing his bags anymore. He was trying to give it away. In fact, every, almost every week he had some new book he wanted me to take from him or some medal that he had that he, he got in the war at some French church. Like, here, have this. He was just trying to give away all his stuff. And um, I had the grace of, of being with him as he was dying and then later burying him, uh, celebrating his funeral mass. And it just struck me how much, like as I was next to him on his deathbed and he was there in his, one of his grandchildren's house and the house was full of people um, who loved him and whom he loved. And his one concern seemed to be to not do anything that would displease God. Like he knew he was about to receive him, that Jesus was coming to take him home. And he wasn't worried about, like, leaving his legacy or did I do enough in this life or anything like that. He was just clearing away the obstacles. Um, there was a transparency, in other words, of soul to him. And that was his greatness. Not that he achieved something super great, but it was, I was so inspired by his honesty and transparency and openness. And that's something that we can always have, no matter how frail, no matter how weak or sinful we might be that the price of admission into heaven is not some Herculean will, like I need to be a superhero to be so generous, to be a saint. It's simply to be open, to be vulnerable, to be transparent to grace, to open ourselves and clear away every single obstacle so that there's a highway for him to come on and there's nothing in the way and he can come straight to me and I can receive him with the hospitality um, of an open heart. And so it's not hurry up and wait. I mean, we're certainly tempted to that uh, in our daily life. Like sometimes we feel motivated by a great homily or a retreat or something like that. Um, 
and sometimes we feel that lethargy, but we can always have that openness of spirit, that transparency to grace that allows the guests to come in.